Welcome back to the Alcohol Tipping Point Podcast. I am your host, Deb Maisner. I am a registered nurse, health coach, and alcohol-free badass. And today on the show, I have Judy Cook, who is coming to us from Britain. She is the boozeless Britain babe, I call her. <laughs> she has been a member of the Alcohol A Day since, was it January, yes. Judy? Yeah, and been sober for two years and some odd months. So I, I'm delighted to have you on the show and, and just share your wisdom. Welcome, Judy. Why don't you introduce yourself and, and tell the listeners a little bit about you? Oh, well, thank you for having me. It's really kind of you to ask me to do this. And, and I do love your group. It's fantastic. So, yeah, I'm one of your older members. live near Manchester. And I am on a very nice alcohol-free journey, which I've been on for two years, three months, and four days. <laughs> and if anybody had said to me, Judy, stop drinking, I would have, I wouldn't have believed them because I actually drank daily for 42 years. So to actually have stopped is, is absolutely amazing. You know, I have to pinch myself sometimes because I can't believe I've done it. But if I can do it at my age, Honestly, anybody can do it. Well, tell me more about your story. Okay. Well, I had a really happy childhood, but I was brought up very strict. My parents were both doctors and they expected me to one day be a doctor, which I didn't want to be. I have a twin sister and an older sister, and we were all brought up really quite strict. There was no alcohol in the house apart from Christmas and there would be a bottle of wine between the five of us and that would be it. Very occasionally I might have seen my father drink a martini, but you know, it was, it was frowned upon. And then I grow old, I wasn't interested in alcohol, but I do remember on my 18th birthday, when you're allowed to go to a pub in this country, one of my friends said, let's go to the pub and have a drink. And I was a bit naive. I thought, well. Why would you want to go to a pub and have a drink if you're not thirsty? <laughs> I just didn't understand why you'd want to do that. So alcohol was not a problem at all. And then I, I got married. I was working as a teacher in a primary school. And eventually my career took off and I bought and owned my own private school, which was amazing. I was head teacher for 28 years. I think I would call myself a highly functional alcoholic at that time because I started drinking around about the age of 28, which is quite late, but I drank every day, every day. I had to go home after work. I would go home and start the wine. And I thought it just carried on after long. I have two children. Obviously I didn't drink when I was pregnant, but the minute I was back home with my babies, I started to drink. My husband's family, they drank quite often. And I can always remember going, I can always remember going on my honeymoon and my husband said to me, shall we have a bottle of wine with our dinner? And I thought, you can't have a whole bottle of wine with your dinner. You know, it just wasn't anything that I'd, I was, I'd known. So I, I gradually got introduced to wine once I was married. And then with my job working, it was more like a reward. When I get home, I, I need a reward. And that went on for years and years. 
We always had all-inclusive holidays. I could Im not imagine anybody wanting to go on a holiday and then not being all-inclusive. You know, you want your drinks. That's the most important bit. So every holiday we went on, wine was the main thing. But my daughter got married and she insisted on having the wedding reception at our house, a marquee. Well, we didn't live in that big house, but we managed to fit a marquee in the garden. And she insisted on having a free bar for all the guests. So we had to order all this wine and beer. And I can remember it stacked up in the garage. Well, I just helped myself. I just kept going out and getting a bottle and bringing it in. I just helped myself. And if ever we went out for dinner, wine would be the main thing. Forget the food, it's the wine. And this just carried on and on and on. Now, I, I was married for 32 years. And sadly, my marriage came to an end. Nothing to do with the alcohol at all. I decided to leave my husband. We'd, we'd drifted apart. And I, I left and I moved into my own little house. But at the time, I said to myself, so long as I've got my wine, my friend, I'll be all right. I actually remember saying it to myself, you know, I've done my, I'll manage, I'll manage, but I've got my wine. And it just grew from there. I met Richard, who's my husband, 11 years tomorrow. Uh, I met him in 2007. And the first thing we did was we went to a pub. <laughs> we were on our first date, we went to a pub. And he drank as well. Now, Richard's been drinking for 51 years. He was in the armed services and forces. He was a firefighter. And they, obviously, after work, drank. So here we are, both of us, starting off a married life, both drinking. Not a problem. Not, not like wake up in the morning and I need a drink. Nothing like that. It was just every single day, in an evening, start on the drink. But talking about me here, when I used to come home from work, at about 8 o'clock, because I, I became a private tutor. So I was tutoring children at home after school till about 8 o'clock at night. Come home, what do I want? A reward. There's the wine. And Richard had my glass of wine ready for me. I got to the point where I'd have a bottle of wine, more, and I'd even take the glass of wine to bed. I wouldn't remember what I'd made for tea. I wouldn't remember what I'd eaten for tea. I wouldn't remember the conversation I'd had. And this was really bad. This was like a, a blackout every single night and I'd wake up in the morning and I'd say right Judy stop but by five o'clock six o'clock seven o'clock there we go again Richard would just drink his beers I don't really I think Richard could have stopped at any time but I I always wanted to know there was plenty of wine in the house I used to hide it I used to put it in the kitchen cupboard so that nobody could see it and I could drink it a bit quicker if we went out for a meal and I was asked, would you like small, medium or large? Well, large. that wouldn't be enough. As I was drinking the first glass, I was thinking of the second glass. You know, but I, I, I don't know, it just carried on and carried on. I'd never had a rock bottom moment. Holidays, honestly, we went on a cruise. And we were allowed to take as many suitcases as we wanted because we weren't going to fly. We were going to drive to Southampton. I packed bottles 
of wine, boxes of wine, bottles of Bacardi, a bottle of sherry, a bottle of gin. We got on the ship as if there wasn't enough on the ship. And I put it all in the wardrobe. Didn't want to run out. And then we'd go down and up to the ship for dinner and then there'd be champagne and yeah, I'd have one and have two. Oh, honestly, just a vicious circle. This went on and on and on, on and on and on. 42 years. Richard never said anything. I knew I had a problem and I didn't want to go to AA. No way. I couldn't, I couldn't look up the courage to go to AA. I might see somebody I know. My neighbor might see me. I started buying boxes of wine so that when I put them in the bin, they didn't make a noise. <laughs> anyway, March the 3rd, 2020, it was lockdown here in this country. I thought, how am I going to get my wine? How am I going to go and buy my wine? Cause we're not allowed to go out until it's, unless it's vital. I thought, Judy, this is the time to stop. And I couldn't work. I wasn't allowed to go into houses to tutor my children because I wasn't allowed, you weren't allowed to. So for 18 weeks, I could not work. For those 18 weeks, I said to myself, right, now is the time to stop. March the 3rd, I woke up, my fingers were tingling, my toes were tingling. That is a sign of alcohol poisoning. It really frightened me. I went into the kitchen, found all the alcohol I could find, poured it down the sink, without anyone seeing, threw the bottles away. Went on Facebook, searching for help. Hadn't a clue what to do. And for some reason, this advert came up. Simon Chappell was offering a free half hour phone call for somebody who wants to give up drinking. <gasps> so I booked him in. So. That particular morning, I was waiting for my phone call. I crept into the woods behind my house with my little dog and my mobile phone. I hadn't even told Richard I was stopping. I was that embarrassed. I went into the woods and I waited for the phone call and Simon rang me and we spent an hour on the phone and he said, Judy, you've already started your journey because you're aware of what you're doing. And you're obviously ready to educate yourself. You're halfway there. He offered to give me one-to-one -one coaching. Do you know what? I skipped home. I was so happy that I'd told somebody. I can't explain. I told a total stranger I had a problem with drinking. And I skipped home, ready to start my journey. So for the next few weeks, I had a Zoom assignment on a one-to-one -one in the bedroom without my husband knowing. He thought I was doing something else. I just didn't tell him. I was too embarrassed. For 18 weeks, I studied like an exam. I watched two videos every day for 18 weeks. I, I wrote my journal. I watched also, I read books, I joined groups, I did Zooms, and I, that was it. That was me. I, I'm on my journey. I bought loads and loads of alcohol-free drinks, just masses of them, just to have, to have choice. And then I said to Richard, you know, I'm, I'm doing this journey now. And I didn't ask him to stop. 
he bought me a little trolley to put all my drinks on and I had all these beautiful alcohol-free drinks. So every evening I'd go to the trolley, pour myself my alcohol-free wine in my glass. I bought a special glass and I made it as exciting as I could. I joined Zooms, joined groups. I'm in so many groups. And, and this was it. I got connected. I got connected. So then Simon's coaching became monthly, two monthly, six monthly, got to a year. Then I had to do my first alcohol-free holiday. I was dreading it. I, in fact, I canceled a few holidays. I couldn't do it. And eventually I plucked up the courage and we booked a cruise for only four nights. I treated it like an experiment. I planned, planned, planned. Plan ahead, don't dread. I took with me bottles of alcohol-free wine, alcohol-free beer in my suitcase again. Got to the cabin. There was a bottle of champagne there, as there is usually. I picked it up, put it out in the corridor. Because I knew it would be there, so I planned. I thoroughly enjoyed my four-night cruise without a drink. And on the last night, I was in the cabin on my own and I did a dance. I was so happy. I've done it. I've done it. I was so happy. Simon had said to me, you know, get on that cruise, do it. Um, you're gonna, I'm, you're gonna be accountable to me. Cause when you get off that ship, you come in to have coffee in my house. I didn't dare drink, did I? <laughs> so we got off the ship, went to Simon's house. He gave me a huge hug. We sat in his kitchen talking, talking, talking about sobriety. And as we came out the front door, Richard said to me, Judy, I've decided after listening to you two, I'm going to quit alcohol. But I was just drinking on the ship for drinking's sake. I wasn't enjoying it. And that was September the 14th. And he's not drunk since. So we're now both on the journey together. It's brilliant because it makes it easier for me and it, he's found it quite easy. Actually, he doesn't need to do all the coaching and the, the zooms and the books, but I, I like to do it. So we now come to February. We both trained to become sobriety coaches. We had to do a hundred hours studying. We had to do a case study. I found a lady in Australia. I did a coach, a case study with her. I had to write an essay of a thousand words. And we both qualified. Wow. What an amazing thing to happen. So we now coach together. Not a lot, just a little bit. Our lives have changed. We have a fantastic relationship. Quite often we'll go shopping and Richard will joke, oh, let's go and buy a pack of 12 beers. Joking. <laughs> you know, you can just joke about it. So there we are. We're back, back to today. There's no alcohol in the house. There's no alcohol hiding in the cupboards or in my handbag. I used to have those little mini wines you could put in your handbag because there might not be enough when I go out. Do you know, when I was drinking, the minute I used to wake up in the morning, within 60 seconds, I was thinking of, have I got enough wine for tonight? And where did I put the bottles last night? Now I wake up and I think of three things I'm grateful for. What a difference. Before I go to bed, 
I say to myself, what one thing are you really proud of today? Not drinking. So now I'm, I'm enjoying my life. I am, I've got my Judy back. I am living for the moment. I'm living for now. I'm not living for tomorrow or next week and have I got enough wine for next week and I need to go to the shops. That's quite tiring. It's, it's a vicious circle. Richard describes it like being on a, a fairground. You know, the horses that go up and down, you're going on a fairground. It's never ending. And you know, Mr. Fairground rider, please stop the ride. I want to get off. And that's where we are now. We've got off that ride. Now I, I'm nearly 70 and a lot of people think, well, I'm, I'm in my comfort zone. I can't stop, but you can. And I think what, what's done it for me is you have to ask yourself your why, why did I stop health? I was scared sick about my fingers and toes health. You've only got one liver. You've only got one life. Alcohol causes so much damage. The substance, I know it's addictive to, to humans. It's not our fault. But I've lost my train of thought now. Yeah. Why? You've got to ask yourself why you want to give up and you've got to learn that why by heart and never forget it. Every single day I wake up and I say to myself, nothing I do today requires me to drink alcohol. Nothing. Not even my wedding anniversary tomorrow. Not even the fact that today's Friday. There's a, a really good man called Andy Ramage. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's a fantastic alcohol-free man. Don't drink on any day that ends in D-A-Y. <laughs> oh, I love that quote. So you've got to know your wise by heart. You've got to stay inspired and you've got to stay connected. You cannot do this journey on your own. Absolutely not. And the other thing is I thought I was the only person that hit the wine. The only person that couldn't stop drinking wine. The only person that goes to the supermarket and I'm in the wine aisle again. Why is nobody else buying it as often as me? You think you're the only person, but then you realize you're not. And I think when you do join the groups and you know, like your beautiful group, we're all talking. Once you've shared your story, you're halfway there. And you don't have guilt. You don't have shame because we aren't weak. It's not us. It's the alcohol. It's doing its job, isn't it? It's addictive. So that's where we're up to in my journey. That, yeah. I mean, just so beautifully said. I could just listen to you all day, no, Judy. <laughs> I'm sure that the people who are listening are, are feeling the same too. And they can just tell how grateful you are to be where you are right now. I am grateful. And my sobriety journey, you know, putting the glass of wine down is the beginning. Once you've done that, you're free. What does Alan Carr say? He says three things. Alcohol does absolutely nothing for you. There's no such thing as one. The minute you put your last glass of alcohol down, you are free, simple, and I am free. And the thing is, I now have a life coach, so I'm learning about inner child, 
living for the now, gratitude, affirmations. I'm, I'm learning so much about me and I'll never stop learning. Every time I turn my iPad on and, oh, there's a new person to follow. Oh, I'm now following Craig Beck. He's brilliant. Kevin O'Hara. Annie Grace, I obviously love. Sober Dave, William Porter. It just goes on and on on all these people. Your life just changes. The minute you put that alcohol down, you're, you're free. And nobody can do it for you. You've got to do it yourself. I mean, I've done the work. I've got journal after journal, notes after notes. Probably spend a couple of hours a day doing my alcohol, call it my alcohol-free work. Because I love it. And I get texts and messages off people. Judy, I saw a little post. Can you just help me? And I, I'm on day four and what do I do? And I, I love to jolly people along. Because then they know that there's somebody there for them, you know. And I think because I'm a teacher, I know a teacher and a coach are completely different. A teacher teaches, a coach takes somebody from where they are to where they want to be, a bit like a coach at horses. So I know it's slightly different. But I think I, I, I've proved that you can stop drinking at any age. You're, not, you're never too old. Yeah, that's such a powerful message. You're never too old. What would be some of your top tips? I mean, you shared a lot of of what was helpful for you when you were quitting. What are some that stand out for you? Okay, I would say, as already said, plan ahead. Planning is 95% of the success. I would say, try to picture your future self. Step into who you want to be. You are now a non-drinker. Identify yourself as a non-drinker. If you say to yourself, I am a non-drinker, and believe it, because how you speak to yourself, your language, I think is quite important. The three C's, get a coach, commitment, community. I would also say, You've made one decision. You made one decision. Your one decision is to stop drinking. Even if you are in the drinker's mind, frame of mind, commit yourself a hundred percent. I, I, I literally went cold turkey when I stopped. I'm not sure that's the best way to do it, but that's the way I did it. Educate yourself, read podcasts, just make it your priority. Make it before everything else. Study like an exam, but enjoy it. Yeah, that's what I get out of you is just joy. Just Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not losing anything. You're not losing anything. I think people are worried. If I give up drinking, I'm going to be boring. I'm going to be sad. It's the opposite. But, but I think you, you can't do it overnight. As you always say, we're learning aren't we? We're learning to stop drinking. As Richard says, you don't go and buy a pair of trainers on Tuesday and run a marathon on Wednesday. You have to train. You have to do it over time. I'll tell you something else I love doing. Count the, I love counting the days. Now, some people don't, but I have an app called I Am Sober. 
And then suddenly to look and go, oh, I'm 11 days. <gasps> I'm nearly 20 days. For me, it was really exciting. And when I see posts on Facebook with somebody, I'm day 55 or I'm day five, I'll put thumbs up for them. Because it's a massive thing. Another tip, every little win, pat yourself on the back. If you go to bed sober, just be so happy, you know? It's, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's important to, like, celebrate the wins. Absolutely. And give yourself sober treats and acknowledge it and be like, I am having this chocolate cake tonight because I did not drink today. You know, like I earned this and I still do that too. Every night I go to bed and I'm like, I'm so glad I didn't drink. And every morning I'm like, I'm so grateful I didn't drink. When I mean, I, still, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I first stopped drinking, the first thing I did was went and bought ice cream. <gasps> I can treat myself to ice cream. It was amazing. All right, then you've got to start getting rid of the sugar cravings, but just deal with one thing at a time. Do not drink. Tonight, I'll not drink. Just saturate your brain, you know, with changing those neural pathways. And it does take time, but you've got to believe that you can do it. You can, you can do it, yeah. Can you talk more to people who are in a relationship still with someone who drinks? Like that seems to be really hard for a lot of couples. Yes, I agree. And when I first stopped drinking, Richard was still drinking. He was drinking every night, lager, Bacardi and Coke. I'd carry it into the house for him. And he'd say to me, can you put them in the fridge? Can you put the cold ones at the back and rotate them so that when I go and get one, it's always cold. Oh, what a carry on. But you know, I used to just get them out the fridge and pass them to him. Well, those are his, they're not mine. I think if you've got your own special drinks, I mean, I don't know what you have, if you have special alcohol-free drinks, I think if you've got your own, you're looking after yourself, just leave that person to do their thing. I do know one person who's finding it hard at the moment because their husband walks in with a box of wine every night and he's quite a big drinker. That is very, very hard, very hard. But I think you've got to say, look, this is my journey and I'm making myself priority. If you want to drink, you drink, but I'm looking after me. And like you said, like if you need to remove yourself from the room, if you need to go do a Zoom in your bedroom, if you're, if, you know, if they're going to drink and you don't want to be around it, then you don't need to be around them. That's right. Go out, go to the gym, go for a walk. That's another thing with cravings. Cravings are a funny thing. They soon disappear, don't they? Cravings, really. After a few days have gone, the craving is just a thought. You're not, you're the boss of those thoughts. People say, if you've got a craving, leave the room and go in a different room. That really helps. When you mentioned the word rule, leave the room, it just crossed my mind then. <laughs> yeah. What are some other craving tips you have? Five, four, three, two, one. Yeah. Look for five things you can see. Concentrate on four things you can hear, three things you can touch. Two things you can smell and one thing you can taste. It's a brilliant exercise. And once you've done that, craving's gone. Simon Chappell always says, do some star jumps. 
brush your teeth, chew some gum, get some alcohol, three drinks. That does the trick. Because you think you've got the real thing. The cravings go. They're only temporary. The last 20 minutes. Change gear. You know, if you're walking, run. If you're lying down, get up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. Those are all great tips. Um, I know that you had written a poem about alcohol and, and leaving it behind. Can you share that poem? Yeah. Well, what I did when I first started my journey, I, I, I sort of used to lie in bed wide awake and my mind was whirring. And I actually did, I made a poem up. Right, this is right at the beginning of my journey. And then later on, I did a divorce letter. But I've got the poem here. Here we go. I was worried about my drinking. And so it got me thinking. My name is Judy Cook, but I didn't know where to look. One day I looked on Facebook, but where should I start to look? I came across Simon Chapel, as he says, Simon Ch, then Apple. And so began my journey to sobriety with tools to help me of every variety. Podcasts, YouTube, Zooms, and Facebook. That was to be the last drink I took. Discover your trigger. Your belief will be bigger. Train your brain, stand in the rain. Sit with your craving. It will be your saving. Change your mindset and you will forget that drink you once yearned Another milestone was earned. Minutes, hours, days, a week. Alcohol-free is what I seek. Thoughts of alcohol are few, and my life is now incredibly new. I am now alcohol-free, and I'm very proud of me. With all the help of all my sober, my journey will never be over. I'm now 800 days and counting. Thanks to all for never doubting. I strive to be my best. My passion will never rest. Well, that is wonderful. That is so good. Took me about a week to write that. I love it. <laughs> I thank you for sharing that. As you're welcome, honestly. <laughs> Wait, is there anything you would say to someone who's listening and they're just like, where do I start? Start by reaching out to a group like Tipping Point for help. Don't do it on your own. Don't do it on your own. Reach out. I've got a little note here that says the only reason you drink is that your brain tells you that alcohol has a solution to all life's problems. And I think, look at that drink and think, look, what, what's in that glass is not going to do anything for me, especially not my health. Be courageous, pour it away, get rid of the alcohol. Once the alcohol's gone and out the house, it, the voice stops asking for it. Get into a group, get connected. 
Yeah, wonderful. And how about for those that are, they've done like their month, they maybe they have more than 30 days and they're thinking, how can I maintain this? How do I maintain long-term sobriety? What would you say to those people? Keep getting excited. Don't lose momentum. Keep connected and help other people. Because helping other people helps you. Yeah, so wise, so good. You know, this journey will never end. The sobriety journey is not a destination. It never ends because it leads to other things. I'm learning all about self-development now and other things. Alcohol is now insignificant. It's gone. But be careful. You've got to be careful. The wheels, as they say, the wheels of sobriety can fall off in five minutes. You know, you've got to be careful. You've got to plan. If you're going out, plan. What am I going to drink when I get to that hotel? We're going out for our lunch tomorrow for our anniversary. I've already decided when I get asked, what do you want to drink? Straight away, it'll come out of my mouth what I want. I'll tell them straight away. It's not, oh, well, I'd love a glass of wine and that looks nice what that lady's got. You've got to have it in your mind. You are a non-drinker and, and be proud. And you are a completely different person. You back, you find yourself. And you know, I'm not so bad. <laughs> You're not I, bad at I, all. When I was drinking, you know, I was bad tempered. I was awful. I used to argue. And I used to say things that I didn't mean because the alcohol takes over you, doesn't it? Your personality, the minute you have that sip, takes over you. You're not that same person. How would um, you describe yourself now? Ooh, how God made me. Yeah. How, how I'm meant to be. And you know, I quite often think back to my childhood. I really enjoyed doing that and that and that. And I didn't need a drink to play in the garden. I used to love it. My bike. I used to have a horse. I didn't need a drink. And the other thing is, I've got lots of old photographs and memorabilia. I look back at them and think, little Judy would now be proud of me. That's how I look at it. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned pride a lot. And I, I think that's so important. And just the, the boost in your self-confidence and your self-esteem and the amount of pride you feel for just doing something hard. Like we can do hard things. And yeah. And I think the other thing is, you know, when I was drinking, I was always judging, judging people, judging things. That's wrong. Moaning, complaining. Change that for gratitude. And you realize how lucky you are. You know, every morning, Richard and I, when we wake up, we, we think of three things that we're grateful for. Between We talk about it between us. This morning, I did the first two, and I said to Richard, what would you like for number three? He said, well, we're safe. Isn't that lovely? Yeah. The yeah. Little things like that are so important. You know? Yeah, gratitude. And I love my mantras, you know? I, I love finding new mantras and sticking them on the wall. Let's hear <laughs> some thing. of your... Yeah, let's hear some of them. I don't think I've got any handy, but I'll tell you that's another tip for somebody starting. 
write them out and stick them on the fridge. Nothing I do today requires me to drink alcohol. Stick it on the fridge, stick it on the mirror. I love my sayings. Yeah, I love them all. Yeah, I call it my sparkly sober path. <laughs> it is. I've, I've said that, like, getting sober is like taking a sparkle pill. <laughs> yeah, certainly is. One of my mantras, it's the successful ones are the doers. You, yeah, you, you, it's not going to come to you. You've got to do it. You've got to make that one decision and do it. There's so much help out there. And, and just, if you look at all the sober people, they're so happy and they're so genuine. I mean, I, I do 14 Zooms a week. That's because I want to. So instead of running home for the wine, I run home for the Zooms. <laughs> Yeah, you're you're finding connection and you're giving back and and it just seems like such a natural fit for you. You're you know, having your teaching experience, being just a lifelong learner. I'm sure that you are a wonderful coach and it's oh. almost like it all led up to this for you to help other people and have meaning in your life. Yeah. And and if anybody had said to me, Judy, you're going to be a sobriety coach what you know it's it's just amazing little by little day by day what is meant for me will come my way and that is so true can you tell i've got a life coach <laughs> i love it well how how can someone find you that's a good question how can they find me alarm on face i haven't got a website with my coaching but there's be sober b double e be sober dot com there's a website on there and there's a little link at the top that says coaches and i am in there or they can just find basically on facebook my name and judy cook yeah but yeah. i am under be sober as a coach there's a little picture of me with my husband oh that's wonderful and you all could join the Alcohol Day and meet Judy in there too. Yeah, of course, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. That's honestly, but a brilliant group. Plenty going on. Plenty to learn. I mean, even with the tipping point, you know, I've got my own file for that with all my notes and the color in your calendar. Yeah, it, make it fun. It, yeah, make it fun. I mean, I'm. I'm just so grateful to know you, to have you in my life, have you in the group. Like, thank you so much. Thanks for sharing your story. And I'm sure that it's going to help other people too. So much gratitude so much. for you. Thank you for having me. It's been wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Alcohol Tipping Point Podcast. Please share and review the show so you can help other people too. I want you to know I'm always here for you. So please reach out and talk to me on Instagram at Alcohol Tipping Point and check out my website, alcoholtippingpoint.com for free resources and help. No matter where you are on your drinking journey, I want to encourage you to just keep practicing, keep going. I promise you are not alone and you are worth it. Every day you practice not drinking is a day you can learn from. 
I hope you can use these tips we talked about for the rest of your week. And until then, talk to you next time.